live from Frank's basement in Comac, New York. It's the Star Wars Last Jedi review episode of the Long Lost Heroes podcast. I'm AJ, but... I'm Frank. Welcome to my humble abode. <laughs> I've been recording here for the past month or so, but now we have the extreme pleasure to have AJ here as well oh my God, in yeah, person. Huge. It's great to, to do podcasts in person because... We, we don't really have, get to do it. And we don't have audio issues because <laughs> it's a lot easier for <laughs> yeah. us. But uh, for you guys, it's it's good because we can really dig into some of the, the stuff in this movie that we loved and some of the issues that we had with it. Um, you know, I, I saw it yesterday at 9 a.m., so it was a big uh, highlight of my morning, and then I didn't really know what to do with the rest of my day after <laughs> that. Uh, when did you see it? I saw it 11.30 on December 14th, Thursday at... What I thought was the 14th Street Regal, but ended up being the 42nd Street Regal. Oh. Um, but we made it, and we were fine. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, my God. IMAX 3D? Yeah. Uh, not IMAX 3D. Just no. 3D. We didn't 3D. get IMAX <clears throat> in the city. Sold out the first day. Wow. Because the nerds knew to wait online the day of. Right. So all the nerds got Lincoln Center. is pretty much sold out into the second week of January. Um 42nd Street uh, is not a, as great of a theater, so there is some availability during the weeks. So the weekends is a different story. Um, yeah, it's really hard to see th this movie in the premium format theaters in yeah. New York City at yeah. this time. Yeah, I saw it in IMAX 3D, Farmingdale. Which That's is, what my parents have gone, and they like it's It's great. I, it was not a recliner seat, because they have recliners there in some theaters, uh -huh. I think. But I think because it was the big IMAX theater, they you know made space for more seats and it was comfortable. It was great. The screen was massive. I think this movie did a, a pretty good job with the use of 3D. Um, a lot of times... It really brought the depth to yeah. so much of the scenery. Yeah. And, and that's what I think is the key for movies nowadays. Like to, to use 3D in a non-gimmicky sense, and it just adds depth. Especially with some of the space battles. And, yeah. Um, you know, you know, it's, or seeing like the, the massive... Uh, Super Star Destroyer interior with like all the ranks of stormtroopers like that just it, it adds to the sheer size of the First Order. Um, yeah. Okay. So I think for this episode we're going to do it a little bit differently because we're not. It's it's going to be different. So I think we'll spend the first ten minutes for everybody who you know may have not seen the movie but is listening to the podcast. I don't know why you're doing that. I really don't. Um, you should go see the movie. Please go see the movie first before you listen to the entire spoiler version of this podcast. But I think just overall, like, what did you think, Frank? I loved it. I mean, this was. Did you love it or did you like it? I I loved it. I okay. think, um, you know, it, it's it's interesting because, and we were talking about this last week. Like, my in going into this movie, I wasn't like super amped up like I was for Force Awakens, and um, I think in some ways, uh, like I've watched Force Awakens many many times now, and we watched it this week too, and like. It's it's good, but it like thinking about it overall now, it's a little bit underwhelming. And like, we're in an era now where we're getting new Star Wars movies. Like, we had the prequels every year, every year, every, every year. year. And like, there's a, a point of that that I want to talk about later on. But um, you know, Rogue One and Force Awakens both kind of played it safe, and this movie was very much a different movie. And I read something this morning that was like this movie was more like the original Star Wars in that it, like, broke a lot of molds and it, it did different things. Um, and, like, the, 
I think it's just it's really cool to see the direction that Ryan Johnson took this franchise in. I think it, it sets up some interesting uh, story beats for JJ to kind of leap off of for the next one. Um, and I think it was in some ways a game changer as much as like Empire Strikes Back was back in the 1980s. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I had so much fun watching it. I think I, you know, I laughed a lot, <laughs> probably more than I thought. Um, there are some definitely big emotional beats, um, but I think it's at the core of this movie was about character development and like that's what it comes back to like any movie we review we're talking about the characters and you know using that over plot to move things forward and you know you have clear motivations for some of the characters in the movie what do you, what about you yeah um so i think i so i think i loved it i'm really excited to see it again i already have tickets to go see it again oh, nice. um but uh yeah, I think that from the bottom to the top, like, this moves Star Wars forward. Yeah. Like, this takes things that you love, things that you know, and it changes them in some really new and distinct ways, and, and that is okay. And I think that we were... I don't think anybody would have been ready for this movie in place of The Force Awakens. Right. I think you need... Like, you know, I can kind of see J.J.'s argument at this point that you do have to go back before you can go forward, but... You know, all, uh, by that same ticket, I think Force Awakens looks a lot different now after this movie. Totally. And I think that you really need to see Force Awakens in in order to see Episode Eight because, unfortunately, I do feel like this is more of a one and a two situation. Yeah. And I think that due to the untimely and very sad death of Carrie Fisher, we'll never really get to see the you know definitive version of this trilogy. That's true. Um. You know. Unfortunately, and you know, it's 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 really sad. You know, Princess Leia, you know, was set up to be that it was going to be, you know, Han in the first one, Luke in the second one, and then Leia's movie was really going to be Episode Nine. Um, and now they're going to have to do different stuff. We don't know really what they have in store. You know, we can always appreciate Disney's secrecy and their ability to have you know means of you know preparing themselves. Uh, but at the same time, they also may not be able to, and they may have to kill her off before the movie even begins, before the crawl goes up. Yeah. And that could, that's going to be a huge factor. Yeah, I, mean, I think the fact that uh, they came out and said that they're not going to do the digital recreation, they're not going to recast her, like really speaks to the fact that they, they had a plan, but now they have to completely jettison it and try something different. Um, and, but like, it's kind of hard to talk about that without going into spoilers but I, I agree with you i think episode nine is probably going to be a, a very different beast than it would have been had she not passed totally and and like you're right this because because force awakens ended on a cliffhanger it was imperative that this one did not like yeah this, this felt like a like you said one two and you know you really need to watch them as a pairing whereas like i think nowadays like i think it's possible for people to jump in in force awakens like yeah you like, could jump in in force awakens. you know like like when we were watching force awakens we're like well you really don't need to watch the prequels because whatever but you really should watch you know the original trilogy and then it's like okay well now like do you need to watch the original trilogy probably not but like if basically if you want to jump in in force awakens and last jedi and you love those movies and you've never seen any star wars before then you might be like willing and able to go back to the original trilogy i think it, that that's like these those two universes i mean it's all the same but the original trilogy and the sequel trilogy fit better together than 
the prequels do. And so I think... Yeah, well, I think the problem that any prequel has, and, like, they're on TNT this weekend, so I've been watching them a little bit, is that they have to get to some place. The yeah. same problem that Rogue One has, that, like, Rogue One has to end on a note for the thing in the story that we love to begin. Right. So, like, these go a very different way. Coming back to, you know... The Last Jedi. This does it. This movie sequels in a very different way than many of the sequels we get to see at this point. Yeah, you know, in 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 some respects, it kind of honors the tradition that you're gonna have kind of this. You know, there is no end in sight for new Star Wars movies. You know, so right. you need to kind of continue. You know, down this way, but at the same time, it also takes some really interesting chances and and experiences. I don't think Disney could have made this movie if they hadn't made Winter Soldier in a lot of ways. That's interesting. That you need to have a sequel that does something different inherently mm -hmm. than a lot of the sequels that have come before it. Um, and in terms of Ryan Johnson, um, unbelievable. Unbelievable achievement. Yeah. Unbelievable work. Uh, I am in so awe of, of this guy. Um, holy shit. Well, I remember it's great. being. He's got a trilogy coming now. Well, like, I, well yeah, yeah, but we'll like I remember being in LAX and like landing, going to see ZB when they announced that he was going to take over Episode Eight, and just being so excited. I love you know, uh, Looper so much. I love Brick. I think he's just a genius, and I was so excited when when he came aboard. I think he knocked it out of the park. Yeah, it's obvious why Disney loves him and loves this. Yeah, you know, you could clearly see that uh, Ryan Johnson is a really big fan. And brought out some of his ideas for new toys to bring into the sandbox. Yeah. And, uh, you know, overall, I loved it. And I'm really excited to see what comes next. Uh, he has this new trilogy coming out. I think we'll probably talk about that later. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it makes sense why they would, you know, trust in him after seeing the cut of this movie and say, well, if you've got, like, he probably pitched him on a really solid idea because... They've told us so far that it's not connected to the Skywalker story. So, like, basically, if it's a really great idea and they want to see him run with it, and if it's anything like this movie, it makes sense. And it's going to make them money. Yeah. You know? So that, that's good. Um, I think it, it'll be good to see J.J. come back, uh, especially, like, after having someone basically take apart what he did in Force Awakens and, like, it's like, okay, well, where do I go from there? And I think that's... I think it's interesting that J.J. wants to come back still. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if I understand it yet. Um, I think really he, I love JJ, and I've watched a lot of his movies yeah. this year, and I feel like he's a really great mashup artist. He's a really great remix producer. I, I want to see him do something original with Star Wars. Yeah. I want to see him do a JJ Abrams story with Star Wars, and I think you can see a lot of that in Force Awakens. But I. I want to see him go further and take more liberties and go f and jump higher and reach yeah. for b bigger things that Ryan Johnson delivered on in this movie. So I think I want to go here next. So this movie is going to make 220, yeah. 220 million. So it's going to do less than Force Awakens, which is fine. Yeah, it's um, still a lot of money. Rogue One did not do as Force Awakens did. I don't think another Star Wars movie for a while will have as good of an opening as Force Awakens will. I don't think so either. I, I, I Save for if they stop making Star Wars movies again for 20 years and then all of a sudden it comes back. Like That's the only thing that's really going to bring it back because 
even this movie where it had some additional star power into it and uh, <laughs> no pun intended, but like yeah, yeah. like yeah, I, I think I think that was a pinnacle moment, uh, you know, that I don't think they're gonna reach again. But it's yeah. still a really good number. Um also uh, and we're gonna we're not gonna go full spoilers yet, but we'll talk about I would say mild spoilers and that people kind of hate this movie. Yeah, it's very divisive. Um, which I find weird. Do you think it's weird? I do, uh, especially because coming out of Force Awakens, there was a big group of people that didn't like Force Awakens because it felt too too much of the same and it felt too much like a New Hope. Um, and so now where you have a movie that changes up things. Significant in a significant way, and that there's a big group of people, probably not the same subset of people, but that don't like this movie because it does so many different things, and like it's kind of sad because does it's it... a shitty place to be as like a person who liked it. Yeah, because I don't think we're Star Wars super fans. Like yeah. I'm not. Well, we are, but like, did you read any extended universe? Uh, not really. Do you ever finish a book? Of extended universe. Uh, I mean, when I was a kid, but not not nothing like massively. Okay, so they so changing. That's sure, true. good I, point. I never did that. Um, there are people who love that more than Star Wars. That's true. Which is okay. I understand. I can I can understand where that goes because for so long there just wasn't Star Wars. Yeah, we're kind of grown up in a sense that like Star Wars has been around a lot for, more yeah. more so than I think the generation older than us did. Right, because if, if they were growing up, they were born in the early 80s and grew up throughout the 90s, there was nothing right. until 1999. And so they had to fill in the gaps with, with the books and the, the comics and the video games that told those stories in the gaps. And I think for those people, there was a defined sense of what happened after Return of the Jedi. And when Disney came in and threw it all out, it's like, well, wait, what? That like that was like the foundation of so much of what they so, loved. So much. And all those and all that extended universe stuff is really after Return of the Jedi. Yeah. It's not really prequel things. No. Um, and then you know, good or bad, we were the generation that got the prequels. Yeah. Like that it, it's it was for us. It was targeted at us directly. Yeah. We were marketed and sold it and we chewed and ate it up as we did. I think looking back on it now, it's easy for us to be like, as fans of film and like story and things like that, it's easy for us to go back and be like, those movies aren't really that great. Right. Or to say they're actually bad. But I think the thing is, is like, as a person who has had Star Wars his whole life it, on, on film and never really was so sure that in 7, 8, and 9 would never get made, yeah. like... I'm just happy to see Star Wars be done in a new way. Right. And taken in a new direction with characters that I love and things that I've always wanted to see. And I, I don't get it. And I think one of the things that I'm going to mention here before we really get into the big spoilers of this movie is that we've been entertaining that the idea of having kind of a summit, <laughs> of having a meeting of the great Jedi minds from around the tri-state area. Uh, if you were interested in joining with us for a roundtable discussion about what you didn't like or did like about Last Jedi, you're going to have to send us a little bit of what you're thinking about. You know, I will get into specificity about this later on. But if you're interested in joining, it is something we're entertaining because this we're going to be talking about this movie for a while. Yeah. You know, the next – obviously, we have another Star Wars movie coming out in six months, five months, with uh, Solo. But the next movie isn't for two years. and. We're going to be speculating on this month, this one, and 
what the next title is going to be. And then when the title comes out, okay, what does the title mean? And like, right. when is the trailer going to come out? Like, we're going to go through that sequence again. And there's so much to say and unpack. But um, there, there's, yeah, it's interesting that there's such a divisive fan base here. And I, I do want to hear the other side. I've read some things and why people have big gripes with it. But um, well, I think really I want to start, but it, it has to talk about spoilers. So at this point. You've heard us think about what we thought about The Last Jedi. Me and Frank both liked it. We loved it. And we think that you should totally go see it. If you want to listen to the rest of this podcast, you're a fucking asshole. Go see the movie. <laughs> yeah, pause it right now. Go get your tickets. Go see it. And then come back. I swear it'll still be in your podcast feed when you're done. It's going to be here. You're fine. Everything's going to be okay. And but you'll have, have better understanding of what we're talking about, uh, as, especially even what we just said for the past 15 minutes. But going forward, like, you need to have seen this movie. Please don't spoil the movie on our account. Please don't spoil the movie on any of our social media. We will block you. We will take you apart. Don't do that. Yeah. So from this moment on, we are now going to be talking about spoilers. I think a lot of people are pissed yeah. that their Snoke theory was wrong. I think so. Um, I think that's one of the big things uh, that I read. So the fact that they killed off Snoke so quickly dispatched him in the second movie um and seemingly made him unimportant um i think that made a lot of people angry because that was one of the biggest things that came out of force awakens is like who is snoke is he darth plagueis is he um something that uh palpatine put in place like he's got this crazy scar his face like it was cool to see him in person instead of the gigantic hologram but ultimately, he didn't do all that much in this movie. And then I think basically Ryan Johnson said, okay, that's an interesting character to have. But the more interesting thing is for Kylo Ren to, to come out of it as, you know, even deeper into the dark side. I so totally agree with you. Um, and it makes sense. It's, it's, it's for his character to, to – we didn't we don't need to see Snoke. It's more about Kylo Ren. Right, and it's that – you know, Snoke is really much a cog in the great wheel of the balance of the Force. Yeah. And, you know, even from watching, and you can go check this out, Andy Serkis's interviews on the red carpet of the premiere. Mm -hmm. I caught that. He gives some stuff away about Snoke. Like, Snoke is rich. Snoke funds the First Order. Yeah. You know, like, he has a very high idea about himself. You can see that from the hologram. The hologram, the, the golden robe. robe. Yeah, like, yeah. he's... He's very, you know, forethought. Are we going to ever find out what his big game plan was? I don't know. And I don't know if it's important. I agree with you. I think that really that Snoke is is a mechanism here. He, and unfortunately, like, really the main character here and the more intriguing character and complex villain is Kylo Ren. Yeah. And for the first time in Star Wars, you see, you know, the apprentice of a Sith overthrow their master in a really consequential way that's not the end of a movie right and i think the other interesting thing is that you go into this movie if and especially after watching force awakens again this week uh like i was going and i was like man you know kylo ren still seems so conflicted even after killing han solo like i i wonder if he's gonna be uh on a redemptive arc this movie you know something like akin to darth vader and return of the jedi um, and it's going that way all the way up until he, when he kills Snoke and th then Rey and, and Kylo Ren have that awesome battle scene together, which we can talk about later. But the fact is, like, you come up until that moment, you still think he's going to 
return back to the light side, but that actually is the thing that sends him even deeper down. Oh, it totally. And you can so read it when you're watching the movie as, oh, he's turning to the light. It's like, oh, no, no, no. He is only digging deeper down into the dark side right. of his arc of tr- of wanting to be Darth Vader. Right. And, I, yeah, and I think it's really interestingly paralleled to Ray's story because I was nervous that she was the one that was going to go deeper to the dark side, but you have her come out even more on the light. And so you have to show them both kind of going down those paths at the same time in, in parallel ways, but and the, the choices that they make and how they spits them out even further down towards the extremes at the end. Um, it's, it was really a remarkable way to make a movie. And I think that, again, you can't have... The, Disney couldn't have made this movie had they not made a whole bunch of really great second and third acts in their superhero installments at Marvel. Yeah. That you have to be ready to kind of take chances. Yeah. And that you so could have had this entire scene play out at the end of nine. Totally. And that and it would have we all would have felt that it was earned or whatever, but we still wouldn't know who Snoke was. We still wouldn't know what his plan was. We still wouldn't know where he comes from or why. You know, we would just have this, you know, uh formative scene that you're building your expectations on. However the more interesting and more valuable aspect of what actually happens is that none of that goes down the way you plan it. And that's something that Luke says and kind of is a theme of the movie is uh, unexpected consequences and uh, different expectations. Yeah. Like Luke says twice to both of the people he's, tra- he's trained, Ben, uh, Ben, Kylo Ren, and also uh, Ray, you know, everything you just said is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like... Yeah. And that, you know, that's really what you, what's going on. Another thing people really have a big problem with, and I think we'll use this to transition to kind of our little critiques with it, would be, I think people are upset that their Ray theories were also wrong. Yeah. And I think people had built themselves up that this was going to be some amazing, beautiful reveal and uh, redemptive uh, reunion. And it really wasn't. Yeah. You know, and again, the theories out there in the past for Ray after Force Awakens came out were, well, is she uh, a Skywalker or a Solo or Kenobi, and you know, could she be Kylo Ren's twin? Like, and they hinted at that throughout the movie, especially with the the mind meld thing going on. Um, could could she be somehow a granddaughter to Obi Wan Kenobi? Um, could she be Luke's kid? But like. They never delivered on any of those, and they very much just said she's a nobody. But, I, and I think the reason why people are so upset about that, like like you said, because those those three theories are thrown out the door. But, like, because she's seemingly unimportant. But like the thing that people aren't remembering is Anakin, a- Anakin, and Luke to a degree. I mean, Luke, because of Anakin, was important, but um, he didn't know that growing up. No, and so like they they were you know slaves they were you know farmers they they were your every man and so ray being that and coming from nothing and being important now means that much more and it 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 shows that star wars isn't about just being special it's but it's about balance it's about that because kylo ren is accumulating power and seemingly only trying to really be darth vader Mm -hmm. that you know he can uh that because because of his strength and the dark side a light virgence in the force has to emerge and she is a virgence in in those ways and i also i think it enriches her character yeah because it makes it shows how the force is 
how the force calls to you, as Maz Kanata once said. Yeah. How it how it finds you and makes you a part of the grander story of life. Yeah. And I dig it. I could also see being pissed because, you know, I'm all, I'm not gonna hundred percent say that that's the end of the deal with Ray's parents. Totally. I think that that could totally be changed. I don't know what they're gonna do, but I'm not. But I'm not ruling it out that they change it up. At least for this movie, if you were upset about that, I think you had your hopes up a little bit too high. Yeah. And you wrote the movie in your head a little bit too much. And I, I think, I you know, I thought that maybe they would address it, but I I didn't think that we'd get a definitive answer until at least nine. So the fact that they kind of gave an answer here, but then again, it's like. It could be Kylo Ren manipulating her. Totally. It, and it could be in all in her mind, and you know, but there could be a bigger story in place. She could still be a Kenobi, even if her parents were nobodies. Like, we don't know what happened, and maybe that's something that's explored in the Obi Wan Kenobi spinoff. Um, but you know, they very much are, I think, are going down the route. Like, you're not a Solo, you're not a Skywalker. Like, neither. Re- no, but uh, the but the important factor is Ben, right? And that's what's kind of understated. Is like. Yeah. And I think that this movie does, and I'm sorry for to George Lucas because it's his vision, but like, it, Kylo Ren's performance as this kind of dark side emo character is so the acting we deserve from Hayden Christensen and a really good Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. Because the the fucking uh, torment going on and the struggle in his life is so apparent. Yeah. In every in every aspect of his performance. And he really plays that just so kick-ass. You know, it makes me sad for the prequels in in that respect. Yeah, yeah. But in in another way, like, he plays the conflict so well, and maybe the Skywalker saga we're concluding here doesn't end with a Skywalker, you know, rising, but maybe the Skywalker's ending. Yeah. And And that's, like, a valuable thing to think about as well, everybody in the yeah. <laughs> that like what they're trying to do here in a in a subliminal way also is to get you prepared in the same way Rogue One did to get you prepared for non Skywalker centric Star Wars movies. Yeah, um, yeah. So and then the, the third thing that I kind of read about of, of what people were really up in arms, um, I think I think because you have Snoke fall, you also have Luke fall, right? So the two big. Sure. Um, force users in the universe at this point are now out of the picture and and it, it leaves leaves room for Kylo Ren and Rey to rise up. And so I think a lot of people were upset about the fact that we didn't get any Luke Skywalker in, in Force Awakens and that we have him only in this movie and, and then he dies. He's not only in this movie though. I'm, I'm, I promise I, you. Oh, and I am completely in, in the same boat. Like, There's no way they're not going to use him as a Force ghost next movie. Like, oh, he so comes back. He totally comes back. And so, like, he needed to he needed to fill that Obi Wan role that filled for him uh, for yeah for him in A New Hope, and so that's what's going to happen moving forward. He's he's going to have a presence. Um, I mean, like that has to take a lot out of you. Like the the fact that he pr- projected his consciousness and his body and across spirit, the galaxy across the galaxy, that like you know in and of itself maybe it wouldn't have killed him, but like this was something that. It's also the greatest use of power in the Force we've ever seen in a Star Wars ever. Movie. Absolutely, like done, done. Like <laughs> you can't really top that. And so you know, you his arc is complete in this movie, and so you do, we don't need more of him. And I I understand why you know some people that 
grew up with Star Wars and that, you know, the original trilogy was, was their their baby and that, you know, you, you come out and, they, again, they had these expectations of what Luke was going to be from the expanded universe. But I personally, I, Luke was never my favorite character. Right. Um, and, it, and it's not that I am glad or in any sense that he, he died. I think he had a beautiful arc in that, like, of course, the whiny kid from Tatooine grew up to be a grumpy old man on the planet by himself like that make that tracks like yeah he has has issues that he overcame through this movie with you know a little push from yoda which we'll get to but uh (sighs) like oh my god but this movie in a lot of ways is about failure and disappointment and overcoming and uh, and overcoming expectations yeah and in a very literal sense and Mm -hmm. then also for us as an audience you know like so it's kind of a really interesting parallel there. Um, I think it makes sense that he's gone. Um, I think, in hindsight, probably the filmmakers, if, if they had role reverse and had Leia go out, it would have been easier story for them to figure out because, mm-hmm. but you know, the timing of everything is just that that's not what they planned for. And so, um, yeah. Well, I think the way, and again, we're in the spoiler section, so you've heard us say spoilers. Um, when Luke comes back, when he leaves and he's like, see you around kid, which is such a great Han Solo line yeah. that he always said, um, he's, he's totally coming the fuck back. Yeah. And even when you go back to watch revenge of the Sith, which I did last night, the uh-huh. ending of it where Yoda says, you know, Hey, like I have new lessons for you. And you get to Tatooine, like, uh, a virgins from the nether world of the force, like has found a path to immortality. Yeah. He doesn't say he gets to come back. But I think what it is, and we'll get here next because I want to talk about this. I think Jedi's pair, like, they imprint on each other. Yeah. Like, I think that Obi-Wan probably has Gwygon come to visit him. And we know that because Yoda tells him. Yeah. But, like, it, and Obi-Wan goes to see Luke. Yoda goes to see Luke. That all tracks. Yeah. But, like, my, I have a little bit of a gripe in that I don't know if I love the Force Skype. Yeah. I I, lo- I loved the scenes. I thought the chemistry between Ray and Kylo Ren were it was awesome. I loved the way it played in the movie. I was picking it up that he was like, "You're not powerful to fucking do this." Yeah, I can see you. Can you see me? What's happening? Right. You know, like I liked that. Yeah. But if the Jedi were in rule for a thousand years, and they had been the most powerful entity in the galaxy. Why didn't they know about this? And when in the prequels, we always see the Jedi communicating through the same hologram communicators everyone has. Right. So that part kind of bummed me out for continuity's sake. However, in terms of power, like, fine. Yeah. And I think that the power that, you know, Luke shows at the end in terms of being able to, you know, astrally project himself. Yeah. Totally fits in with what Jedis can do. And then you go back and you rewatch some of these prequels where Yoda's often sitting alone with his eyes closed and he's you know meditating someplace. Well, is he off someplace else? He very well. Could he be. very well could be. You know, so I dig that. Um, another thing that um, I, I kind of had a problem with was uh, Broom Kid. Um, the very very ending of this movie. Yeah. I hated that. I think that yeah. that was a real big. Uh, Disney thing on their part sure. and a Ryan Johnson thing for his new trilogy and it had nothing to do with this story and it had Return of the King Syndrome and that it ended a few times. That That's fair. I, I didn't hate that. I think 
I think it, it more spoke to the fact that, you know, there are that back to like what we were saying about Ray that you don't have to be a Skywalker to be special and to be force sensitive. A hundred percent. And like I agree with you. Um, and you know the fact that like they were able to ignite hope and uh, you know that sort of next step resistance rebel you know whatever's going to happen next that there are people out there that are looking to the skies and trying to you know make the universe or the galaxy a better place um what was the main problem with with the force kid for you i just think we're only gonna get one more skywalker centric trilogy movie sure we're gonna get unnumbered non-skywalker star wars films yeah why unless that's a post credit scene yeah i don't want it in my skywalker saga i want it separated yeah. i don't i don't we don't need it and like we get the point like the force awoke there's yeah. now more force sensitive people than there probably were during your return of the jedi times yeah um but going along that same route i just think that it muddles your ending and i think that it really kind of sticks the disneyfication of these movies to the people who don't like the disneyfication that's fair so yeah. like if you didn't like force awakens because you thought it was way too disney you're gonna hate that last scene because it's so disney that's even true. though it may not be and it may be more of a ryan johnson known trilogy thing with wink nudge nudge and that's fine um it's not what i want in my saga movies yeah that's it that's all i didn't like about this movie yeah uh so for me um the main thing that I didn't like was a little bit of the movement of the plot. Um, there was a moment, you know, where you've got the escape. Well, so at first when I read the, the opening scroll, I immediately was nervous because I'm like, oh, my God, this the first order reigns. The first, well, it's the first order reigns and they're escaping a planet. I'm like, this is exactly the plot of Empire Strikes Back. Like they're leaving their base. And, but but. It made sense because the movie picked up minutes from where Force Awakens ends. And so, of course, like that's what had to happen because the For First Order knew where they were. And so, of course, they were going to attack them on their base and yada, yada, yada. But, but my issue with it was this whole sense of this single transport, which, I mean, eventually became a single transport as they consolidated everybody onto the one ship, that the First Order had no way of destroying it, to me, was just a plot device that said, all of your heroes are here and they need more time, so we're going to not destroy them now. Because they need to go off plan off the ship and go to another planet to get help, to get back onto the, the First Order Dreadnought. And to me, that just felt a little contrived and that there was, like, no way... Like, I, under, I just... It didn't sit well with me that Hux and Kylo Ren couldn't come up with another way to destroy them. Um... I, I did like the 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 side plot of, of the casino. I think there was a lot of really interesting stuff there. And, you know, the fact that you have two non-Force-sensitive people going to this planet with Finn and Rose um, and that we get to see another area in the universe. Um, but it just felt a little shoehorned in and that there could have been a, a more natural way to include it. Um, the other issue I had is kind of along the lines of of this uh, casino planet in that the universe, the galaxy, I keep saying universe, the galaxy feels very small still. And it's one of the things about the prequels that I actually really liked and that they introduced so many different planets and locales and it didn't just feel like 
one little uh, aspect of like Earth, you know, where it's like, oh, you've got a forest, you've got a, a desert, you've got a snow world, and like here they kind of did the same thing again. I mean, I I think um, oh, the last planet they were on, Crate, I think it's called. Yeah. I think that's a really cool planet, and that's not something we've seen before. Um, but the casino planet felt like this. It it was like yeah, there's a beach and then the fields and then the city, and it just it just feels really tiny. And I know that the movie didn't take place over that much time, but we need these 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 movies to expand upon what's been created. Already. Yeah, I thought I agree with you. I think that the Casino Planet was a real big letdown for me. I was actually really excited to see the Casino Planet. Yeah, because I think that there's so many fun things you can do with that. You know, you should have pod racing being played on the screens in the background. Yeah. You should have, uh, you know, holograms. You should have, you know, really interesting looking droids. Like, I just think there's that's a really rich and lush environment to play around with Star Wars things. And it looked just way too safe and way too close to Earth. Yeah. And I completely agree with you. And, and I was, I, I really, that really bummed me out. I didn't mind Rose. I thought her character and her her sister Paige's character, their arc in the story, was a little cute little arc. Yeah, it was great. For the bombing in the beginning was great. That whole first you know scene where they're having the big fight, um, I loved that. I don't mind the Poe Dameron joke. I think that he started out with a joke last time. Yeah, and you gotta let him have jokes. And that yeah. Star Wars has jokes. Star Wars has jokes. Like Han Solo was all about not being serious like that's i'm fine we're fine you know we're all fine here yeah you know like you know you gotta how are you (laughs) everyone is in star wars is supposed to be funny yeah and i'm fine with that um you know and i really loved that admiral on the dreadnought captain kennedy yeah he just looked like such a guy out of empire strikes back like he could have been on the super star destroyer no problem yeah um but uh yeah, I I didn't like the Finn and Rose side plot. I think you, I my original thought was that you would have uh, Finn out of his little coma already, and maybe like training with with Poe Dameron as a pilot. That yeah. was kind of what I thought was going to happen in this movie. I didn't think he was going to have his own separate character arc. Um, I don't know if he's force sensitive after Last Jedi. I don't think he is. I don't think he ever was. I think. Um, he he had the lightsaber, and it kind of, you know, the marketing leading into Force Awakens kind of probably led us to believe, oh, maybe he's going to be a Jedi. But I think it was truly like he has a lightsaber and he's using it, but he has no connection to the Force. I think, I think he's, you know, if your core three characters, well, that's hard to say. I, if your core three heroes, we'll say, are Poe, uh, Ray, and Finn, I think. They're not exact like mirrors of Luke Han and Leia. I think each one have elements of them, but I think Poe fills a little bit of the role of Leia and Han, and Finn kind of is a little bit of a new thing. A new thing because he has elements of Han, he has elements of Leia, but he's also got a little bit of Luke in him, and yeah. then Ray is also a blend of them all. So um, I think if people were trying to fit them into that mold, that you're not going to find that and that the character arcs here showed that they all grew a lot i think i was glad that there was more poe dameron in this movie because he was one character that i felt was a little bit underserved in force awakens totally and he like 
he was one that I grabbed onto immediately because the movie starts with him. He's got that awesome scene on Takodana with where he's a pilot and he's just flying around. I get chills every time I watch it. Yeah. Um, and so he has a really good arc here because he was someone that I think he thought would be able to step up and become the next general. You know, when when Leia went down, and he was severely disappointed. But I think moving forward, I think that's going to be a way that they kind of um, are able to tie up the loose end of Carrie Fisher is that you're going to see Poe step up because he really did step up in a, a major way at the I end of this movie. I could also see, and like this is something I've thought about sometimes, is that maybe Poe Dameron is really one of Han and Leia's kids, even though he was there. Like, no. And I'm going to stop you because there's a comic book that explains his, his birth and everything. Like, okay. It's like, it's called the Shattered Empire and it's, it's like pretty much the end of Return of the Jedi and you see, uh, his father Dameron and, uh, his mother, they're like starting to get together and then they, they, I think they had already had Poe or they like, it shows them like becoming a family and having Poe. So like okay. he's separate. Um, but I think I don't know. I think we're gonna get a time jump in this next movie. I, I don't think we're gonna. That's true. I don't because this one was unique in that it picked up minutes after, um, you know, with with the battle at, uh, after the Starkiller base ending with Luke and Ray. I think we're gonna have some time pass, and it's gonna that's gonna be room to explain the Leia of it all. Um, but uh, so I, I guess what, what's the best way to to go through this here? Do we want we want to go through? Things that we like, because I think for this first part here, we've been kind of talking about the, the gripes yeah. that other people have, some of the things that we we had. Yeah, I got my problems out of the way, so I yeah. want to talk about the things that uh, I loved. <laughs> so, um, okay, all the Octu, Luke, and Ray stuff I thought was absolutely fantastic. Here's why. We've all been building up in our heads the first meeting between Ray and Luke for two years now. Yeah. What What is going to happen? She gives him the lightsaber. What does he say? What does he do? Of course he throws it over his shoulder. Of course. It's so Yoda. It's so Yoda on Dagobah, yeah. you know, throwing the shit out of his little, you know, landing area and fighting with R2-D2. It is that scene exactly. It's so he's grumpy he's been alone he doesn't want to talk to anybody and he's not even really alone which right. is weird yeah, yeah um but we'll get uh so we'll, let's get into it now so luke skywalker the hero of heroes J joseph campbell's you know greatest contribution to our heroic mythology the modern day star wars hero luke skywalker um he's been alone he's got a routine though you know he gets his gooba fish you know he ha he knows how to get the gooba fish. He's got the green milk milk creature. Them. Yep, that's a interesting idea. Yeah. Um. You know, and he's kind of looking at Ray like it's not that glamorous, kid. Like this kind of sucks. Yeah. He's also there with a really great race of cute new things called porgs, um, which are delightful. And then there's a beautiful little scene with Chewie and yeah. the porgs. <laughs> Don't eat my friend. I the lip quivering. I, I loved it. So, so good. They're like little Ewok you know penguin puffin things yeah. and you know chewies you know he's got one of these porgs roasting he's about to eat one and like all the porgs come over and look at him it's just it's just great um i love the scene when chewy blows the door off to get luke so classic chewy oh of course and i was like wait is this ray and i'm like oh no no it's <laughs> and, and then when you see luke and he's you know he's finally he registers fuck where's han yeah 
shit. So then you're in that moment and you're like, okay, he's like, well, obviously, you know, you're worth talking to. You're not just here to bother me. So do you think other people came to visit Luke? Because I think that's part of it, too. I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say. I think whether he exiled himself immediately following the uh, the destroying of his Jedi temple or whatever you want to call it, his, his training facility, or if he had a, uh, had some time in between, I think there's still some story left to tell there. Um, so whether or not people came to visit him there on Octu, or if people like tried to come to him before he exiled himself, I think that may be more likely. Like maybe he was like brooding in the corner, and people would want to be like, "Come on, we gotta make more Jedi or whatever." And well, Luke... I think I think it's like possible that so okay, so when Luke is on uh, Act Two, uh, he begins you know three lessons with Ray. Yeah, I thought the three lessons were really great. The first one is the Force is not reaching out into the for into the world and moving rocks. That's not what the Force is. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I love that lesson. Yeah, um, I love the lesson of yeah, you're from nowhere. Sorry, yeah. and then the dark, and then the dark side lesson I thought was also really valuable. I was also, and I've talked to ZB about this, and you too. Like, I was really excited to see some fucking Luke Skywalker expositional dialogue. Yeah, that Luke has to fucking explain some shit. Yeah, and he does. They totally do that. Yeah. Um, I like that they they utilize the flashback in a in a good Star Warsy way, and that it was like, you know. <sighs> bridging and connecting through the force and you see it a little bit with you get the pieces kind of put together by kylo ren and by luke and ray and the audience kind of have to decide for themselves like what the truth well was. it's well it's two po- well it's point of view and, and so it's it's point of view but it's also and this is where we get into the major biggest spoiler of the movie i think which is that one of our favorite green small muppets makes his dramatic climactic return in the it's i cried my eyes out so amazing so luke at this point ray has left very much akin to luke in the middle of empire strikes back when he's you know being tempted by the dark side and he's seeing you know the visions of han and leia being tortured and he leaves dagobah to go off to cloud city very similar and we'll uh, we'll get back into it because we touched upon it earlier the the um the force visions but uh, at a certain point, after Rey has left, uh, Luke is going to go to this Jedi temple, or this for Jedi force tree, and burn it down. Yeah. Um, so he has his little spark, he's about to go do it, he gets there, and you know, as he's walking up, you see the two ears in the foreground, uh-huh. and then you turn around, and then per- it's, it's, first it's digital Yoda, it's, dig- it's uh, digital CGI Yoda, because it's the, the hologram, and then it's Muppet Yoda. So it's actually, yeah. you get two Yodas for the you price do. of one. Because at first I remember thinking, I was like, oh, it looks digital, but then it looks Muppet. Yeah, and it's and Muppet. The Muppet is amazing. And, and it's Frank Oz. Yep. Still there. Yeah. So so as he's going there, you know, you can see for the first time that a Force ghost can interact with the natural environment mm-hmm. and that he orders a huge strike of lightning that burns down the tree. And he hits him on the head with a stick. It's amazing. <laughs> um, so at this, so... Those two things now confirm that, you know, Force Ghosts can interact with the natural world. But then Yoda has the best Yoda speech that ever Yoded, ever, in any of the movies. Yeah. So Yoda comes over and he says to Luke, he's like, you know, we are what they overcome. 
that you know like failure is really the greatest lesson and that you're just and that really and here's where it ties everything here's where the rug ties the room together yoda is yelling at luke for doing what luke did wrong in empire strikes back which is not thinking about the moment which is something that Gwygon always reinforced to obi-wan and obi-wan kind of understood i think at some point that you have to focus on the here and the now that that's the essence of the force yeah it's not the future because Luke was obsessed with the future and saw Ben Solo's future, he made this decision mm-hmm. to go in and you know do something to Ben that was wrong. Right. And that's that's ultimately Luke's failure. But it's also classic Star Wars point of view that it's both sides of what happened. That right. Ben Solo, this is if Luke never had done that, Ben Solo may not turn to the dark side. Right. But it's because Ben Solo saw that his Luke didn't Luke didn't believe in him anymore, um, and that he was questioning whether he was going to be become a Jedi is what forced him down the dark path. Exactly. So you have this like beautiful culmination of all these great Star Wars themes, and the only reason Yoda is laughing and enjoying this is because Luke thinks he's going to burn down the books, the sacred texts. Right. Yoda knows. Ray has the text. Yep. They're safe. So don't worry about that, fans. But, you know, he also remarks that these were not important books. Did you fucking read them? He's like, you know. They're not page <laughs> these turners. Were page turners, they yeah. were not. You know, these were, it's not, the, this is not the essence of the importance of the Force that really we're seeing, and in such a beautiful way, Yoda really represents the biggest failure of the Jedi Order of all. Yeah. Yoda's 900 years old. He was alive for most of the rule of the Jedi. Yeah. You know, when Palpatine, when he fails Palpatine, he goes into exile and admits he's wrong. And nobody knows more about the lessons of failure than Yoda. Right. You know? Absolutely. So I, I loved it. Yeah. I thought Ryan Johnson nailed it out of the park. Yeah. Um, I think it was smart that you had Yoda be the one to visit him because, A, obviously, Alec and his passed away long long ago yeah. and to, to try to make it be Obi-Wan with a mix of Ewan McGregor or something like that would have just felt way too 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 fan servicey but it made sense because Obi-Wan came to Luke throughout his young life and Yoda was kind of his you know like he didn't have a ton of time with Yoda but the one that you know really made him a Jedi and you also probably believe that this is not the first time we've seen, that Luke has seen Yoda post death. Well, no, because he does say, "I missed you." Yeah, and the, and he does remark that the last thing I taught you was pass on what you have learned. So right. I think it's probably the first time. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's possible maybe he's seen Obi Wan. Yeah. But like, I think probably nobody's seen Yoda in a long time. I was kind of hoping that there would be more Ghost Jedi. I was kind of hoping for a really cool like ghost jedi council or something like that maybe yeah. that was a little too lofty but yeah seeing yoda was enough for me to get the tears flowing because really like the and the way that this fit into the story it, it's just it, it's fan service done right yeah it's different than justice league which is you know insert fan service here move on to the next clip like right. we must mention dark side we must mention the new gods like that's all that they needed yeah. to do like here you have yoda who is plots? Who was fan service in and of himself for three movies in the prequels, mm-hmm. back, yep. in original Muppet form, yep. saying shit that matters. It does, you know. Yeah, <laughs> like, and it, it definitely affects things and affects things moving forward. Um, 
yeah, I think, like you mentioned it before, it makes sense for Yoda to come to Luke, and now we will have Luke come to Rey, because, you know, for for Anakin Skywalker to show up to Kylo Ren makes no sense. They never met. They never met. Like, he may feel a connection to him because of the bloodline, but Anakin isn't, he's not, there's nothing that he can tell Kylo Ren that will change his mind. Also, like, if, so, I don't know if Darth Vader comes to Kylo Ren. I don't know if that happens. I don't think so. I think it's a little bit in his mind. I think it's... And I think he's past it now. I, I think... Well, so in the beginning of the movie, you have this great scene where... Well, there's two great scenes. There's the first Snoke scene where he shows up on the deck of the ship with Hux. And that's fucking terrifying. Yeah. So, like, we've all gotten the, you know, the fuck-up call from our boss. Yeah. But talk about it having on the bridge of a fucking Death the Star Destroyer with all of your peers looking on... As you're dragged around the floor of the of the fucking bridge, yeah, uh, I thought that was great. And then you go right from that into a scene with, uh, you know, Hux is leaving, and now Snoke is going in, and Snoke is like, "Take that ridiculous thing off your fucking face, like you piece of shit." Yeah, takes off the the helmet, the mask, and something that uh, I heard on another podcast. This is not my original thing, but Ken from Collider was like. It's interesting, in, the, in Force Awakens, everyone starts wearing a mask and they take it off. Finn, Rey, and Kylo. This yeah. one, it's all about the choices that they've made post-identifying post themselves in the galaxy. Right. Um, I think it makes a lot of sense to have Kylo go the way that he did in this movie. I think that the choices that he makes, all they all make sense. And, you know... When he takes off in his TIE fighter and he's on his way and he's flying out to go, you know, do the deed to and uh, kill General Leia, his mother, mm-hmm. you know that she's speaking with him. And that's really what we've seen Leia do. Yeah. That's the extent of her force powers. She is connected. And we've seen that connection across the galaxy for her. You know, that when she when something happens, she can feel it internally because yeah. of the force. Yeah, like the Cloud City moments. Similar to the Obi-Wan with Alderaan moment. She has that Force-sensitive power. But But she's never had any Jedi training. Nope. She probably... I don't know if she has or knows how to use a lightsaber, but if there's one thing a general of a Starfleet would want to know, who has the Force, how to save yourself if you get taken out. Yeah. So she has this kind of Star-Lord moment where first I thought she was getting blown away, and I'm like, oh, shit, that's it? Yeah. And I'm like, okay, all right, that's yeah, fine. Because, and I thought that was going to be it because, like, well, that's an easy way for them to write her out. Yeah. Like, this was probably going to happen, but then she, that was not it. And I'm very glad it wasn't because, and we'll get back to it, but the moment between Luke, Luke and, and Leia, Leia had to happen. It was amazing. It was amazing. Um, but, yeah, she, she uses the Force to pull herself back, and that that was not something we've seen her do before. Never seen that happen in any Star Wars movie that a Force-sensitive person can survive in the vacuum of space. Um, okay. <sighs> um, people hate this. People are mad at this, too. Really? That yeah. moment? Interesting. Um, I can see why. Yeah. But I like it. And I think that it fits for her character that if she's a general of a Starfleet, this is an easy way or something that I think her powers could extend to. Yeah. And I'm not going to hold it against Ryan from trying to have, you know, an introduction of new powers for her because we've never seen her use them. Yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say that's cool. Yeah. It's interesting because there were so many moments in this movie where I thought they were going to write 
layout. Yeah. I thought I, I thought that was one. I thought when Admiral Holdo stayed on the the ship, um, I thought she was gonna that Leia was gonna say, "Nope, I'm gonna go down with the ship. I'm already you know, I'm injured and whatever. You go save yourself." Kind of moment. That didn't happen. And then I thought she was gonna go out and try to talk to Ben Solo um, before mm-hmm. she got on the Millennium Falcon, but obviously she she survived the movie. Um, so what that means going forward, it, it's hard to say. Um, I, like I said before, I think there could be a time jump, and we can have either. I, I really hope they don't do a death off screen. I hope it's more of a like Leia is rebuilding the Republic, and she's not in on the action anymore. She's it's it's too much for her, and that she's off screen, um, you know, trying to to put a, a government together. Um, and I, I think that is a, a good way to do it. I, I thought that this movie was interesting. You mentioned government. I thought this movie was a little bit light on politics. Yeah. I was. I thought there would be at least some mention of how the, the galaxy was being held together at this point. Yeah. Or or how much the first order has taken over. Yeah. I mean, I think the reason why it wasn't so much there is because it's only been days, really, since the beginning of Force Awakens. So. Sure, but. Like the with the Republic gone, it hasn't been that long, so I don't think it's necessarily been felt throughout the galaxy yet. Mm-hmm. And I think the First Order is trying to fill that void, and that's why they're so seemingly powerful in this movie. But all of this action is taking place in a very specific area of the galaxy, and it's I, I think because it all happens so quickly, and you know the fact that the other Resistance um, aligned people don't come to, to Leia's side when she asks for help. Um, and then at the end of the movie, it starts to flip in that there there are more people out there that are looking for hope. That hopefully by the next movie, there is a bigger new rebel alliance um, to, to fight the First Order. Um, whether or not there's a, a new government in place yet, I don't, I don't know if they go there. I thought it was interesting for the first time in a Star Wars movie to pull back and look at the industry. And I thought that that DJ scene on the stolen plane... Yeah was one of the cooler scenes of the whole thing because for the first time it's like you know fuck like people make money off this and also don't participate yeah you know people can sit on the sidelines and go both ways yeah never seen that before um and it's not important who owned the ship right like it didn't like i I thought there was gonna be like oh it's admiral holdo's ship and she's a traitor or something or you know it just doesn't matter that's like another thing about this movie like Things are connected, but they don't have to be so connected. Right. Like there, there, there doesn't need to be something explained for every moment. I, I yeah. Uh, so, and that helps expand the the, the yeah. galaxy a bit because it shows that there are other people out there. Yeah, and I think that they can do more with that. Like, I would love to see you know more about mercenaries and other parts of the galaxy. And, yeah. And show me that stuff, and I think that this movie again it really opens up. Yeah. the Star Wars universe and, and, and of what you can do. Yeah, and I think DJ is a, a perfect example of a character that they introduced that really did felt feel like they expanded it um, and that they just have to keep going in that direction. Yeah, so Holdo, I think, yes and no. So Holdo is part of a Leia book. Okay. So And she's like kind of the Luna Lovegood of the Star Wars world, at least for Leia Yeah. Um, in their earlier years. So people had a lot of expectations about that that weren't really referenced in the movie. Okay. Fine. Um, you know, I don't know if I 
I, I liked how she was gunning for saving the most lives and like that she was thinking about, you know, the future and thinking and, and but also thinking about the now and like how to do the right thing. It just kind of like, why didn't she tell Poe the plan or why didn't she? Because tell him? true leaders don't have to do that. True leaders just lead. Yeah. True leaders don't stand around and talk about how great they are, or what they're doing. Yeah. They just do. But like in, in not telling Poe the plan. She they, caused they, more they problems. Caused more problems. I agree with you, but I, yeah, I can understand what they are trying to say there. Yeah. That acting like shooting first and asking questions later is not always the solution, right. and that he really fucked up by doing what he did. Yeah, and that now the first the uh, the resistance really has to think more strategically. Yeah, you know, had they not done that big bombing run in the beginning of the movie, they would have had the bombers for the second part when they arrived at a light speed. Yeah, I think that the tracking through light speed is fine. Yeah. Um, I don't want to see a J.J. Uh, Abrams Star Trek Into Darkness fight in a hyperspeed bubble. Yeah, I, I think I, that they should leave that alone. I think so. Because um, that's Star Trek. It is not Star Wars. Yeah. It's different. Please don't do that. Um, so I'll take that they can now track where they go. I'm fine with them upgrading that part of the technology of Star Wars. That's okay. Yeah. Um, okay. I thought... Um, I love BB-8. I thought all the BB-8 bits were really funny, except yeah. when he's in the ATAT, ATST. That was, to me, that's R two D two flying around again. Yeah, that was a little too much. Like, you know, there was a. Mo I, it makes sense that it's BB-8 and not DJ, but like, because like DJ is such a, a conflicted yeah. character that you get the sense that he got his money, he got off that fucking ship, and he's out. Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't doubt in my mind that he survived that. Um, but yeah, for, for BB-8 to be the one to, to be pulling the strings there is a little too much. Um, what, uh, okay, similar, talking about that scene in particular, is Captain Phasma dead? I, uh, but, uh, I'm, I'm sad for Gwendolyn Christie. Yeah. I, first of all, I, when I first saw, like, the Phasma outfit, I'm like, wow, this is gonna be a fun character. Yeah. And that they wanted to kind of build Mystique, build Mystique and make her... You know, you know, Gwendolyn Christie, she's talked about this a lot. This is kind of her big thing, is that the characters that she plays are tough, kind of badass women who wear these non-sexualized armors. Yeah. Like, think Brienne of Tarth, think Phasma. Yeah. Um, and she loves that. But I don't think it serves her character or the inclusiveness of women in badass characters to not give her more to do. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, we all saw the shots from the trailers of her fighting finn and i think that they could have did more with that fight yeah I, I i think i was glad that she came back and you know i think we all knew after force awakens that she wasn't done yeah like we knew she was coming back she, she was coming back um i liked the little shot of seeing her eyes through the, the mask yeah. but like have her take the helmet off or like have have someone like rose like be like oh my god that's a woman like like something that like makes it a big deal that she's this powerful and she's a woman like no no no. you see that's the thing is she doesn't want that and the right. whole thing is that phasma is able to the it like thanos like that her armor is really symbolic that sure. like it like it symbolizes you know kind of her thing it's but it's also really interesting because really this is a jj inspired thing from a b movie sure that he saw this like little you know plasma sphere Lying around, mm -hmm. he's like, "I want to make this into Star Wars." Yeah. Um. So I don't know why. I could have really seen. I was hoping for like a good, you know, little battle between her and Finn, and that maybe Finn 
you know, gets hurt and we see her kind of in victory. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do now. I don't know. Her armor is really impressive. Like, it, it's clear that it's very powerful and it's more uh, useful than any other Stormtrooper armor. Because it really, she wasn't getting hurt at all. Um, so that's why, to me, it's like she she falls into the fire. But, like, she could survive that. I just, yeah. I don't know if if we need her to. Like, yeah. they, they tried to do more with her in this movie, but they didn't do enough. She didn't show up until, like... Halfway through, more, half, than, halfway more through. than halfway through the movie, um, and you know, for anyone that wasn't paying attention, be like, "Oh wow, she survived!" But like, all of us we expected her to show up, and she's in the marketing material. So like, yeah. um, so for her to come back in the third one, it's just like, what is she really gonna do differently that she give her give her something to do? Yeah. Give her something to do. Um, okay, uh, I like Hux. I think Dom Gleason is a great fucking actor. Um, the Okay, let's talk about the scene in Snoke's room, the great battle. Talk about edge of your seat battle. Amazing, right? Without all the flippies. No flippies. <laughs> <laughs> Two lightsabers. Like, yeah. I mean, it, it was, it was very much like Obi Wan and Anakin fighting together in a way. Yeah. Because, because you have one that's a little bit more on the dark side, and like. But you don't really know what what's going to happen at the end of it because at this moment you think Kylo Ren has turned to the light, but you're also like, "Wow, Ray is killing people. Yeah. She's going dark." Yeah, yeah. That's like the epitome of it. They're both like so balanced. They're blurring the, They're lines. Blurring the lines. They're both gray areas, and then you you have that perfect moment of the lightsaber splitting apart and showing like <sighs> the how how torn they both are. Um, also, a ton of sexual tension in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think you you have this sense that um, they both have this connection with each other, and that they they want to they're not done with each other yet. They 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 want to help each other. They want to join together. There's there's more to be said. It's clear that they are forced together. Yeah. Like that that when they unite, that they that they are really a dynamic pairing. Yeah. yeah. But I, I don't I don't know if I ship it because I I don't want selfishly i don't want ray to turn to the dark side but i also um i don't want kylo to be good also right. like i want I, him, I want him i want them to go further and explore the con conflict of the the conflict of the dark side in a way that's not darth vader and yeah. they're really doing that they are doing that I, i'm not saying i ship it either i i think that um it just it's clear that there's more going on that's like pulling them together Huge, totally and there's just so they have so much chemistry throughout the movie and they that's like the main scene where they're yeah. in the same room so and from and because they're uh, the reason there's so much tension is because they've been building it with these skype phone calls so it's revealed that snoke has paired finn and ray together ray and, and ray and, and kylo ben. i'm sorry uh together using these kind of I don't. I'm just, there's no better way to say it. It's a forced Skype call. So yeah. they're like, they're on two parts of the galaxy, but they can see each other. They can't see everything. Yeah. But they can see what's going on. And I really liked how, and I've heard this mentioned, but I liked how Kylo was like picking up on it that he's like, you're not this powerful. Yeah. Like, you're not. You can't do this. What the fuck's happening? Or yeah. like, I can't see you. Can you see me? Like, what's going on here? What are the rules? Like, yeah. we're trying to. We're, we're we're building. We're building on what's going on. Um, and you, what 
you get out of that is you get Kylo's point of view mm-hmm. of why he left Luke. And you get, so apparently, you know, Luke had been, you know, snooping around in the future of, of Ben Solo's mind and seeing some dark shit. And it was like, I got to go confront him. And, you know, what uh, Kylo Ren sees is Luke Skywalker about to chop his fucking head off. And what Luke sees is a really scared kid and not the reaction that he was hoping to get, you right, know? Yeah. So that was really pivotal for that. I think that in a larger sense, Kylo Ren's character is, is still, there's so much mystery surrounding him. Where were the Knights of Ren? Yeah. Still nothing. Still nothing. Who are the Knights of Ren? Yeah. Why, why are the Knights of Ren? <laughs> like, we no idea. I think that they're going to play a big part in the next movie. Yeah. I think possible. that there's, when you see that shot, there are other people in that flashback yeah. who have turned with Kylo Ren. Sure. I don't think that they're going to totally ignore that. I don't think that they're not going to mention it after Snoke had said it. Mm-hmm. It's possible that there could be some dissent in the ranks. Yeah. You know, and maybe they don't all believe that he's the new leader of these um, dark side forces. I'm al- Also, it's never completely uh, arranged that Snoke is a Sith. No, it's not. So, he clearly has dark side power, but... I don't think he necessarily because it's not like he trained at least to our knowledge. Not to our knowledge, right? With uh, you know Sidious or any of the other bad know, guys. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm. I want to see more development out of Kylo Ren. I want to see more. I want to see more of his conflict, more of his struggle. I want to see you know more lightsaber stuff. I thought Adam was really he's very skilled in his yeah. fighting. Yeah, you don't like. A lot of people give him shit because his style is very different in Force Awakens, but I think that he obviously practiced a lot more and like the his style of fighting with the way that they had arranged the Praetorian Guard weapons was interesting. Yeah, because they're not it's not General Grievous um, like uh, bows with lightsaber staticky. Uh, what are they called in uh, Attack of the Clones? Oh, power uh, cufflinks. Yeah. It's, it's not that, uh, but it's like. It's similar, and the uh, blades can bend or be used as like uh, slings or whips or different yeah. stuff. Um, yeah, I, I, and like back to the, the force powers. I think um, in in the original movies, you you have a definite sense of like what Jedi do, what Sith do. You know, like the sure, Sith are able to use the force lightning. They do the force choking. They also have the pushing and the and all that. Um, but Jedi tend to have more of the mind manipulative powers like you know these aren't the droids you're looking for what happened in force awakens though is you see i think a little bit of the blend happening where kylo ren's starting to use a little bit of a of a jedi side powers for evil and he's using it to manipulate minds yeah i think in a similar way this is probably something he learned from snoke because snoke is also bridging their minds and so i think it's again something that's not quite light not quite dark because it's it's being used to manipulate ray and to to drive their connection uh down a deeper path but it's it's inherently not necessarily an evil act it's not like it's being you've got you've got a great point and i think that you know it, it brings up for me like the feeling that you know a lot of people's complaint about Rey in the first movie is that she knows everything. She's too good. Right. How does she know all to do this stuff? 
Well, it really makes sense that her big arc in this one is that she doesn't know everything. Yeah. She's so naive. She's the most naive character. Yeah. You can see the arc when she's like, there's good in Kylo Ren immediately from when she says it. You're right. like, she's going to go and it, she's going to get fucked up. Yeah. That scene where she's being thrown around by smoke is going to happen. Yeah. So um, to me, like that all felt fine. I... I'm not upset that her parents don't mean anything. I'm upset that they didn't give her more Jedi. Uh, not it's not training because I again like I said I loved the lessons, but I didn't love that like Luke doesn't show her how to hold the lightsaber. Luke doesn't teach her, you know, different other things about like just fundamental Jediness. Yeah, that you use your powers only for defense. You're not attacking people. Right. And Luke shows that at the end of the movie, where yeah. like he's waiting there with his lightsaber, but he's not advancing on Ren, he's just waiting in defense of himself. Yeah. Uh so that's cool. And I just thought that they would have thrown more in like basic Jedi stuff. And I would have been nice to have heard Luke say, Concentrate on the moment. Yeah. You know, like and contradict himself. Yeah. Because then it would have been like, Oh, you're not even listening to your own fucking advice. Right. Well I think what it goes more to is that he really wasn't training her. He was he was appeasing her yeah. and, to, and and explaining to her why the Jedi need to He end. served the exact amount of training and lessons as Obi-Wan did for him. This is true. And and so what that means for for Ray's training in the future, who's gonna fill she that needs... gap? Yeah. Because because she's not at the point where she can start training new Jedi. She doesn't know anything. So does that mean that now Luke in his uh, passing is he like ready to train her as a force ghost or is she gonna I, I, I don't know if there's I don't think there's anyone else that she's gonna find that's gonna give her the training she needs or does it come from the books because like you know even with the gap between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi Luke goes so far like he learns so much and where did all that come from you know well it's but that's also like I think expanding on your own confidence in the Right. That like the more confident you are in using the force in general, the yeah. better you're gonna get at being able to take the lightsaber out of the ice and slice yeah. it and get yourself out of the monster. Like yeah. that that to me makes sense and tracks. In the same way that the broom kid, even though I hate him, is getting the broom. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Um where I think it's different for Ray is like we already saw Ray using the mind control stuff that obi-wan used in you know uh a new hope but there's they don't talk about that at all yeah and they there's no mention of that um i also think that like uh the fir when so when she's first being trained by luke and he's like you know you went right to the dark side yeah. i think that that's like a really a very telling point about her yeah and like a point about the force and where it's going that you know we're gonna i don't know if they're gonna call them the gray jedi but there it is gonna be some new jedi it is not gonna be the same old jedi that you were used to no and that they're done it, yeah. it that part is over and that's really what yoda and luke were saying that the jedi have their role in the galaxy at this point is completed whatever comes after is going to be different yeah. very different than it, what it was it's a little bit more um using the force as a balance and taking a little bit from both sides and using it for, for, for balance and for peace and not for, you know, complete benevolence or complete malevolence. I, so, I, I, yeah, yeah I, a few other things. Um, 
I loved the little A-Wing, whoever that pilot was flying in the first battle, that advanced A-Wing. I love that the bombers looked like B-Wings. That was yeah, huge that for was me. Yeah, that was cool. Um, that whole space battle was awesome. awesome. It was just great. Yeah. Um, I loved BB-8 in the, you know, g- going around in the ship. Yeah. That was really cool. That Never seen funny. that before. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, you know, this movie, it's weird because it go it goes so many new places. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it does, and and it really. It, it Everything it, about Star Wars is different now. Yeah, and and that's that's a key because like, A New Hope, the first Star Wars movie, did so many different things about filmmaking, and that was like, what kind of defined it in that like everything else after that felt like star wars and that's why this one is important because it changed things up and it made star wars not feel like star wars um but for the better it's showing that like it can grow and it can change and that it can come into the 21st century and uh uh tell stories that haven't been told before and 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 not feel so samey um and that going into episode nine now it's like okay well i i don't think anyone has any fears that Episode nine is gonna feel like Return of the Jedi because, like, how could it? Like, they it can't. It can't. But, can't. but hmm. I'm nervous for episode nine now. Yeah. Um, I think that. Listen, JJ is an amazing filmmaker, but I'm nervous for him. I think that episode eight is a big swing. Yeah. Episode eight is a big swing. It's a, it's almost, and like we said a little bit earlier, like it's almost its own, just sequel to Force Awakens. It's almost yeah. just just that yeah and i i don't know what they're going to be able to do to tie this all up and make it feel complete yeah and i think that the key that they're going to take from this is the marvel stuff and star trek yeah that no we're not going to make a trilogy capper here yeah i don't think that they will i think that they'll make it they'll make a conclusion of ben solo they'll make a conclusion of ben skywalker's story i think i think we're also going to get a conclusion for ray um Daisy Ridley has already spoken out and saying, "Well, I think after nine, I'm probably done." And so, like, I think there's going to be uh, whether it means that one of them get killed off, it's possible. Um, I, I do think they want to end on you know the, the fact that they ended this movie on such a like new hope is is interesting. Um, it would be nice to see a little bit more of a balance and, and lightness and like you know yeah all of our all the characters we care about are on the millennium falcon and that's it like the the resistance is small but like it's gonna build and so I, that's why i think maybe there'll be a time jump i think they're they have kind of a lot to do but they they wrapped up a lot of the the plot points from the first one that it's like okay well what else is gonna happen now like they what else needs to happen why do we need a n- number nine movie um because yeah it, it, it's they did a lot of things different you know it, it didn't and it didn't need to fit the mold and like i was talking to megan about this yesterday it's like well why do they need to announce them as trilogies why can't we just be like okay we're gonna have a sequel we're gonna be another one there's another one and it, it's because because for so long it's been implied that this three-act structure is necessary for star wars yeah and in the prequels and in in the prequels, it fails horribly, and yeah. in the original trilogy, it's done perfectly. Right. So now, like, I think always the fundamental idea was going to be seven, eight, nine. That it had to be another trilogy, as a sequel would need to be. Right. But I agree with you after the fact that they're not going to do ten, eleven, twelve. 
that if that ever comes out, that it'll just be ten. Star Wars, but a bit about episode ten. But it's not going to be the start of a new trilogy. And I don't think they need to. And I think if they were to continue on, I think this is where we're going to sort of start to wrap up and like talk about the, the future. future. Um, because obviously we have Solo coming out next year. We've got no, 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 six months from now. Well, in in twenty eighteen then, but it's twenty seventeen. It, it, so like 2017, yeah. 2018 is solo. 2019 is nine. Probably Kenobi, maybe 2020. Like mm-hmm. that, that is seemingly where things are headed. What I hope happens from there is that they take a break on the Skywalker line, and that from when uh, Kenobi is done, they pick up with the Ryan Johnson trilogy in 2021, 23, 25. Maybe they continue to have some some. Star Wars stories, you know, filling in the gaps in there, but we don't return to the Skywalker story until maybe ten years from now, after ten years after Episode Nine finishes, and when they do that, it's just another movie, and that they don't announce a trilogy because it just puts so much pressure on them to tell a beginning, middle, and an end, and each movie needs to feel independent of itself. It's just like just make a movie, make it like feel natural, like. With, with the Marvel movies. They never said, oh, we're going to make an Iron Man trilogy. They have three movies. Same thing with Thor and Captain America, but they didn't go out and say, this is what's going to be the arc for these characters. Well, he said, Feige has said, like, it's really hard now, after Lord of the Rings and after the prequels, to culminate trilogies. Yeah. Look at Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. You know, that was, you know, did Nolan from day one say to himself, I'm going to make a trilogy of Batman movies? No. He did not. It just happened. That it just happened to be that way, and that unfortunately, third acts suck. Yeah, it's hard to make one. Um, so I don't know. I'm ner- I'm nervous about nine. I'm really nervous about Han Solo. I think that if people are this upset about Princess Leia using Force powers for the first time, and people are upset that they killed Luke off in this one, that people are not going to be able to handle the recasting of Han Solo. They're not going to. Yeah, and I think it's telling that I could also see. This movie getting pulled. Oh, I don't know about pulled. It, they're so far along. I mean, I think. Where's the marketing material? There's nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing. That is, that is nervous. That makes me nervous. Um, but and we don't have a trailer yet. We don't have any. I mean, but we, we don't have shit. So like, I could really see them being like, you know what? We tried. You're not gonna like this. We don't like this. This is not the direction we're going to go in. And then they stop. They say, okay, you know, we'll figure out, they'll figure out what to do with this movie after the fact, but they'll get rolling on new things. That they pick up Johnson's new trilogy, that we're getting an Obi-Wan Kenobi whatever, that we're going to get new things with people that they can do now. That maybe recasting Han Solo was a bad idea. And if they do that, it's going to show a tremendous amount of restraint on Disney's part, mm-hmm. and I could see that happening. I don't think it will. Yeah. But I'm not excited about it. Yeah. I, I'm not – I don't want that movie. I want the nine we never will get. That's really what I want. And, and like, that – and that's something that Star Wars is going to have to live with. Yeah. That it, it has Matrix 3 problems, that they were – making a complete idea here and that you know of course you know the oracle in the matrix versus princess leia totally totally different (laughs) but like it shows you that no you can't do that we can't recast carrie fisher 
You can't do that. No. Unfortunately, that's the world we live in. I mean, like, it, it goes down to the, even with, this is totally separate, but, like, all the sexual harassment allegations and everyone that are tied to projects, they, they, they're just canceling things and they're not, like, recasting people. Why can't they just do that? That's how Hollywood is, right? right. But it's it's a shame that they that they can't separate an actor from a character at this point. Like it, it's 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 the detriment to the the material um, because you know in books and comic books and stuff you don't have that problem and you can just keep moving forward. Like, will there be a book one day where there's like it's a legend story that is not canon anymore, but like this is what Episode Nine would have been. But I don't think they'll ever do that because Disney is, has such Disney has such control over that. Yeah, they yeah. won't show that. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think I think Solo will come out. I mean, there's already a, a poster. I saw it in in the movie theater. Um, I think we get a trailer in the next couple of months, um, and that, you know, that will tell us a lot about what this movie is going to be. I mean, it, it's had a, a rough road, and I think it's got a lot to live up to. I think it could be one of the the first flops in a it long could, time it could be a really big flop um because even with this movie being polarizing uh at last jedi i'm speaking to um with among the fan base like critics love it but i think that solo could be you know critically and uh you know, audience audience panned and, and that they wouldn't like it um so we'll see um that's the next one down the road obviously and it's ha- coming soon but it's not the movie I'm excited about in May. It's not, no, it's not. <laughs> there's I mean, another one. There's another one. Um, but you know, also like further wrapping up here, like I think I'm just in awe of Ryan Johnson. Like yeah. I think I just am in, in really like I don't like I don't share this often, but like I've spent a large part of my life for the past few years trying to write a screenplay. Yeah. And understanding and realizing how hard it is and how difficult it is to get from point A to point B to point C to make all the pieces fit to have all the things work and and it's not to say that it's good or in any way as, as good as this but holy fucking shit how hard he worked to get this movie that he made yeah and you can so see kind of his vision and his imprint on it there's mm-hmm. certain things in that you that are usually in Star Wars that are not in this movie yeah you know uh it's not i think bb8 is supposed to be the one who says it or a different character but none of the main characters say you know like i have a bad feeling about this yeah no nobody gets their arm cut off nobody gets their arm cut off there's no uh um there's just there's so many things that do make star wars like all the lens flares from episode seven are gone yep that's such a jj thing um all the uh the fact that there's no lightsaber on lightsaber battle in this whole movie is really telling. Yeah, it's it's very yeah, it's a very like, different Star Wars. It's very different, and I also think that this movie being the longest Star Wars movie is kind of a little bit of a disservice to itself because this movie has Return of the King syndrome, mm-hmm. and you don't need the casino bit. Yeah, what you need is to be able to call one of Han's old buddies, who's a code breaker. Yeah. Who comes to the rescue? Yeah. Who's Lando Calrissian? Yeah. That's what you do. Yeah. But you can't always do that. Nope. So uh, I hope Lando comes back Me in too. episode nine. That'd be great. I miss him. I miss him. Character. Um, I'm really sad Admiral Akbar is gone. Yeah. That was sort of really underwhelmingly like, oh, he's gone. Yeah. No more. Uh, no more Akbar. So that's um, a thing. Yeah. I I think it's gonna be. I think we want to leave it here because 
we are going to have further discussions about this. Yep. You know, I think that this movie is is really it just came out. We both have only seen it just once. Yep. We wanted to get it up as get the podcast up as fast as we possibly could. This is how we did it. Um, but we there we do want to hear what people hate about it. I, I think that that's going to be something that we want to do. We want to reach out to you because we, we think you're on our side. We hope so. We hope so. Yeah. That you love Star Wars. We love Star Wars. But Star Wars, like all great things, has to change. Yeah. And it can't stay the same forever. And the prequels taught you that. Yeah. The prequels were exactly what you thought they could have been. There's nothing more that they could do. Yeah. They had to do what that needed, needed to be because it comes straight from George Lucas. George Lucas... Yeah, it has here's, fun... here's where I want to end on. Yeah. George Lucas likes this movie better than Force Awakens. I'm sure he does. He yeah. loves it. Yeah. It makes sense. It's, it's, it's taking everything in a new direction and it's not copying what he did before. I think that that is the best praise that Ryan Johnson could ever get. Yeah. That as good as Force Awakens is... I understand. I could see where his points are that he doesn't yeah. like it. It's not his baby anymore. Yeah. But this is somebody who he can see. He so loved it. Yeah. He so got it. Yeah. That this is the movie that you know we all got. So um, that's it. I think for the Star Wars movie discussion part one. Part one. We'll we'll leave it at that. We'll we may have a uh, like AJ said, a summit of the minds of of uh, people that. <laughs> maybe didn't like it quite as much as us um and get their perspective um we're going to continue talking about it and you know as we know more about episode nine what that's going to be um but you know this is also our last podcast of the year this is episode 26 man episode 26 uh 2017 we 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 did it um but we'll probably be off for a little bit here and we're gonna uh pick things back up next year um we have Plenty of things that we're going to continue to talk about. Black um, Panther. We, we're definitely going to be covering all the lead up to Aquaman, to Han Solo. We'll continue to carry that story. The Infinity War, of course. Um, we may even talk about the Fox and Disney merger sometime in the next few weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah it's we're, big. <laughs> it's big. Uh, it feels cosmic at <laughs> level at this point. Yeah. Um, okay. So uh, I guess to take us out. Yeah, thank you so much for for listening to our thoughts on Last Jedi. We hope you enjoyed it too, and um, you know you can always find us online on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at LLH Podcast. You can check us out on on the web at www.longlostheroes.net. Email us at longlostheroes.info at longlostheroes.net. Leave us a review on iTunes. Subscribe to us on iTunes. We would love to hear more from you guys. Um, But for now, I think that does it for us. I'm Frank. I'm AJ. Happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year. And may the force be with you. Always. <laughs>